Welcome to episode 85 of the Atalan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Lynn and Adam. In this episode, we will be discussing Captain Marvel 19, Empire X-Men 3, Avengers Empire 2, Empire Captain America 2, and issue 5 of the main Empire title. How you doing, Lynn? I'm all right. How are you? I am good. So we've got a lot of issues this week, uh, which is good. I mean... (laughs) Empire has been coming thick and fast for the last few weeks, and I've been enjoying every moment of it. Uh, it's been really great just to be able to dive back into comic books after you know a couple of months of nothing, oh, and then so long the last couple of months of everything. <laughs> but I mean, first of all, have we got any news? Because I understand Future Fight has had a, a big update. Future Fight has had a big Inhumans update. Now, do you play Future Fight, Adam? I tried it. I just didn't get into it. I'm, I'm. I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of mobile games. I never have been. Um, maybe I'm just a bit too old-fashioned. But yeah, Future Fight is one of those ones I wanted to get into because of the Inhuman content. <laughs> but I, I, I think I might have to jump on it again after after this update. One of my original gripes about the game was that Black Bolt was so underpowered. He was useless. Absolutely useless. It made no sense. And they have updated him and given him his Earth X outfit. It's almost not fair to use him anymore. <laughs> I think just for that that fact, I'm probably gonna have to jump on that again and uh, and get Black Bolt on my uh, on my team. Yeah, you don't you don't play it, but I'm working so hard to get him up to tier three because I need to see what happens if he's this powerful at the, the level he's at right now. I can't imagine what he's going to do to people (laughs) when I level him all the way up. It's ridiculous. And he has this amazing sound effect. Really? Yes. That's It's amazing. It always always amazed me because um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Saren has mentioned this in the past where she's like played as him, but he's just totally underpowered. It might have been been you that mentioned it. And um, it has always been a really big bugbear because you have the character that can literally crack a planet. And he's so weak. <laughs> so I, I, I will jump back on that, try and get into it a little bit more. Try and get Blackpot up to level 70 just to see what, see what happens. But you couldn't realize the potential of a lot of the Inhumans. And they fixed that. Now you can let them progress. Because like if you don't realize their potential, they can't get up to a level 70 character. So Karnak and Gorgon... And Maximus now can progress. Just need a Triton in there. That, that, why? Everyone but him. <laughs> yeah, it just seems, it just baffles me. Like you'd have, you've got, you know, some of the less, you know, I say lesser known Inhumans, but, you know, the Inhumans like Maximus, Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, Moon Girl's quite popular and she's, she's a character in there, but why wouldn't you have Triton as a member of the royal family? It just, you know, yeah, it baffles me. They've, again. they've got Lash. <laughs> They've got, what's his name from the TV show? Yeah, Lincoln Campbell made it. What? Yes, you can play as Lincoln. But no Triton. He was in like a season of the show, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. It was like one season or two seasons or whatever. Maybe it's because he doesn't have any flashy powers. He's just a fish man. (laughs) True, yeah. They'd have to invent some attacks for him because he's, he's a fish guy. I think uh, the other big thing is the Avengers game uh, beta went live a few times this week. So apparently that's very good. Uh, Apparently there's a few bugs in it, which which is expected. (laughs) Did you see the one where Ms. Marvel's skin comes off? I didn't, but that sounds terrifying. (laughs) It's horrifying. (laughs) <laughs> that in itself is that uncommon because I mean I know I've seen like videos of like the Fallout games yeah. where if you get too close to someone the camera sort of clips inside them and you just see like their eye sockets and stuff and I I, yes. I don't know why they go to that much detail <laughs> to have the eyes separate from the body it just I don't know yeah you you need to look up the glitch for Ms Marvel it's it's terrifying I am going to do that, and then I'm going to post it on the uh, Atalan Rising uh, Twitter feed, just to horrify everyone. Probably lose all our listeners, but it'll horrify everyone. Oh, but yeah, I, yeah, there are so many reviews that were either lukewarm or bad for it, but everyone who plays the beta seems to love it. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those cases of, you know, actual game sites have got hold of a beta, and they're expecting, like, so much more, which which is quite common among comic book movies. 
and yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of find it a little bit difficult to comprehend, really, because you're you're if you're buying a game, it's because typically because you're a fan of it and you've you know potentially looked at all the gameplay footage, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know it's it's all based on the marketing, I think. But no, I'm looking forward to that. I think I'm I'm likely to get it. I mean, it comes out what like September fourth. Yeah, something like that. Ms. Marvel looks ridiculously fun. Yeah, apparently she's one of the the most more, the more fun players. I think uh, I think they said they said something like Captain America was really fun to play. Miss yeah. Marvel was really fun to play. That surprised me. Now I'm really curious to play as him. <laughs> apparently they've made each character really unique, mm-hmm. which kind of you know is, it sounds really good because. Typically, I mean, I find like, you know, the, the silly games like the Lego games, mm-hmm. they're all pretty much the same apart from they ha- all have like a, you know, Captain America can throw a shield or Iron Man can use his repulsors. So, I mean, but that's a Lego game. They don't they don't need to put an awful lot of effort into their powers as such because it's Lego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to uh, parting with £50 to get it. But, you know, I spent yeah. £45 on a Pokemon game, so I can't really complain. <laughs> But yeah, this this week's comic books were were very good. I yes. quite enjoyed them. So I think first on our list, uh, we'd want to dive straight into it. Is uh, is Captain Marvel nineteen? Captain Marvel nineteen, Accused Part Two. The writer is Kelly Thompson. Pencils by Corey Smith. Inker Adriano Di Benedetto. Color artist Tamara Bonvillain. Letterer Clayton Cowles. Cover by Jorge Molina. And the editor is Sarah Brunstad. While her newfound half-sister L'Oreal hides out adorably on Earth, Carol continues her investigation of the destruction of the Scree City Canal. And who just happens to be performing his community service cleaning up the wreckage? None other than freaking Walter. You'll probably remember Walter from Marvel Team-Up issues 4 through 6. She's unable to find exactly what caused the explosion, and she leaves only with the knowledge that it came from below the city. Before she leaves, she notices Walter's conspicuous absence, an absence not noticed by the Cree. They have no idea who she's referring to. She returns to Earth to find L'Oreal defending a little girl from a Katati attack, and we get a big sister-little sister team-up. Later, Carol pays a visit to Doctor Strange, who splits the universal weapon in four, and she creates her own accuser core of Rhodey, Hazmat, and Spider Woman. You know, it's it's a real shame that uh, Saren couldn't join us with this issue uh, for this episode <laughs> because that was the coolest bit <laughs> <laughs> when they split the accusers, uh, the, the hammer up into yeah. four, and like the four of them got it. That was great. That was so good. Yeah. Did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I did. Yes. Because it reminded me of Willow using the scythe to activate all the other slayers yeah which is also a great great part of that series um sort of them all coming together right at the end yeah um yeah i, I need to do a rewatch of buffy because i've only ever watched the whole series all the way through once mm-hmm. but this this was genuinely really good yeah I, i'm really interested to see what the influence of the hammer is on her that makes her so wary of it especially since it's called out as not being specifically evil just something she doesn't like yeah, I wonder if it's because the the accuser's hammer is kind of justice. Well, yeah, you're yeah. going to accuse someone, mm-hmm. and uh, and I wonder if that's kind of it. It it doesn't seem to be Carol's style. Yeah, she's not an accuser. She is a you know she fights for the the you know she fights for mankind or she mm-hmm. whatever. It's all so good watching watching those guys get the part of the part of the hammer. I loved it. Yeah, and now she's got. Spider-Woman on the team to help her investigate because Carol does mention she's not a detective. And she needs her Jessicas. Yes. So both uh, both Jessica Drew and Jessica Jones were referenced. Yep. As someone who's read Kelly Thompson's Jessica Jones book, um, which is also very good because yes. it also has Elsa, Elsa Bloodstone in it, you know, it's it's really nice to that she kind of self-references the different different parts of her stuff. I also liked the reference back to Marvel Team Up. Yes. Even though we didn't kind of rate it very highly, I think a lot of that was to do with the art and, and the kind of the writer on it. But it was nice to have that reference back to something that happened relatively recently because I think it only ended like late last year. Yeah. And Walter's still around and he he's way too chill 
He was way too happy to be there. Walter is up to something. I'm going to assume he's our prime suspect right now. I, I would say so, considering like the, the fact that the Kree are investigating the destruction of the city. Yep. And yet they can't remember Walter. So I wonder if they were just like, they cannot remember the destruction of the city. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> and if uh, you haven't read Marvel Team Up, Walter is a mad scientist whose identity was stolen by the original Captain Marvel, Marvel. And Walter has a serious beef with the Kree right now. And and Marvel being uh, is also Teddy's uh, Teddy's father. Yep. As if you listen to this show regularly, I didn't find out until this event. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> More for me. But yeah, I, got I, I, I quite like to see him. Yes, yeah, he, he did. <laughs> He got around a lot, <laughs> but I, I'm looking forward to where this is going to go. And I, I think that um, I think that you've kind of suggested, I think Saren, but suggested as well that the hammer is going to go to L'Oreal at the end of this. You know, the the hammer belongs to a belongs to the huge Cree, and she is huge. <laughs> and that's also one of the things I really liked about this issue is that you get artists that kind of do that typical female hero look, Mm -hmm. which is very stereotypical, but this one, you know, the fact that she's, you know, she is buff. I thought that was really good. I liked the art style. I liked the way that she was drawn and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more. I think it it makes a little bit more sense for a Cree warrior to be huge. She works out. She could break a man in half. Yeah. I think she's. Great. I think she skips leg day though. If you look at her. <laughs> I, I think that's artistic, artistic license there. <laughs> she is, but I mean, have, have you seen some bodybuilders? Oh, <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I. I'm glad they've done that. I really am, um, and not gone with a stereotypical. And look. she is such a sweetheart. A gentle giant, she remi- I think, yeah. is the way to describe her. When I, when I was a little, Ferdinand the Bull was my favorite book. And that's what she reminds me of. She just wants to sit in the field and smell the flowers. <laughs> yeah, because there's a one scene where she's literally in the street and she's just like, oh, these smell like the flowers where I was, you know, stationed on, on Canal. Yeah. And then when Carol sees the flashback, she's just walking around sniffing flowers. <laughs> Carol's like, oh, I really yeah, love that's, our, uh, story. that's our saboteur right there. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she's definitely. I think you guys are right. She's definitely been framed. Um, I mean, I I tried to suggest that maybe she's uh, she's not quite all she seems, but I think she's exactly what she seems. Seems. And Doctor Strange's snakes made a reappearance. Yeah, I love Do- the snakes. <laughs> Better than dogs. Stupid dog. dog. Stupid dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I. I love that. I mean, that was really good. I, I I think I've been a bit uh, tentative in reading Captain Marvel up to now. Mm-hmm. And um, me personally, I've never been a fan of a lot of like exposition in comic books. And I know that, that Kelly Thompson puts an awful lot of information into one book. Maybe for me, it's just because it's like information overload. And, uh, you know, I, I can't necessarily retain it all. All those pesky words. <laughs> exactly <laughs> i like more pictures in my books but um yeah I, I guess for me it's it's you know issue one of captain marvel was very very word heavy and it's kind of i think it's just my problem of uh of not being <laughs> not being able to get through it probably why i haven't read many novels this uh, this year but uh, i think i'm going to go back i have bought all of the captain marvel books and i've bought all the star books as well i think i'm gonna go back and read through them all because if it's all like this, I'm I'm going to be quite happy. I think it may have just been that first issue that was just setting the scene and uh, and getting everything up to date. So I've been looking forward to I look forward to that. So how many lockjaws would you give Captain Marvel nineteen? I think I'd give it 19. a four out of five lockjaws. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in agreement on that one as well. It was, it was quite. A, it was a good issue. It was a good solid issue. I enjoyed it. Definitely four out of five. Let's move on to Empire X Men number three. Yeah, Empire X Men number three, which was written by a combination of uh, Vita Ayala, Zeb Wells, and Ed Brisson. Uh, the artist was Andrea Bracado. Color artist was Nolan Woodward. 
Letterer was Clayton Cowles. Cover was Eduardo Petrovich. And design was Tom Muller. So this book keeps following on. It's, it's kind of just follows straight on from the end of issue two where a giant uh, Katati blob thing continues to threaten Genosha along with the zombies who can't find brains and the rest of the Katati <laughs> and horticulture. The psychics that were called upon at the end of issue two arrive in Genosha and ultimately don't do much of anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but they just got there and they continued the fight. It's why did they need psychics? Anyway, so other than just fighting them, it just makes the zombies want to attack them more. One of the cuckoos almost uh, succumbing to one until magic saves her. I found it really funny when they mentioned uh, how the psychic brain could be something like Kobe beef. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Nightcrawler ends up joining the fight because he likes to, uh, he's wanting to get the uh, the toxin kind of thing, the, the chemical weapon I think they mentioned <laughs> into the fight. Uh, oh, it's a serum. It wasn't a chemical weapon, but <laughs> I think the point still stands. <laughs> it's weed killer. It was, it was, yeah, it's just a, a load of um, yeah, a load of weed oil. <laughs> he was there to hand deliver the serum to get rid of the Katati, and he bumps bumps right into the fight, uh, sword and all, and taking out all the Katati or some of them at least. Magic and one of the cuckoos go searching for the Katati's power source, which is uh, interluded by an amusing moment where Madrox is horrified at the zombies <laughs> eating parts of his duplicates. <laughs> I, I did like that. Best bit of the issue. <laughs> so Magic finds a Katati staff and becomes the zombie queen of Genosha. Again, huh. pretty amusing. <laughs> the zombies make it through some kind of to this blob, uh, the Katati blob, which appears to be some kind of Katati brain. Uh, and then they start making a meal of it, birthing some weird ass zombie Katati thing. <laughs> <laughs> My first kind of thought on this book is it feels a little bit disjointed. And I, I don't know whether it's just because there's been so many writers involved in this book. and uh, It's a lot of writers. It just kind of feels, for, for what is just a four-issue series, I mean, so far we've had uh, eight writers on it for three books. That's... So there's been three on this one, three on the last one, two on the first one. That's right. God, they changed, they changed it every time. And it just kind of feels like they had a plan on where to go. It's been very slowly done and it's kind of like they were all given a specific thing to do in each issue. I don't know, it feels like it's the same thing done over and over again. And uh, excuse the pun, but the X-Men do seem to be kind of on an island of their own for this event. Yeah, that that's my biggest complaint about the X-Men issues in this is that they live on a living island. You would think that it would have a bigger role to play when the plant people are invading the planet. <laughs> yeah you, you would have thought that but no um th th it doesn't seem to kind of match up particularly well with the rest of the event i'm just not a fan of it and i i've really kind of struggled with that because all of the dawn of x titles up to now i've really loved but this one's just been really just a big miss for me and uh again maybe that's a comment on me more than anyone <laughs> but uh I, I thought the magic was the highlight though magic made this issue yes and we we've spoken about this before because Matt Rosenberg writes a really great magic. He does. And I kind of I kind of feel like he would have been a much better suited writer to this this issue, this arc. Can you imagine horticulture written by Matt Rosenberg? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He is can be hysterically funny. Read his Secret Warriors run. His Secret Warriors run was very good because it was kind of like a mishmash of Inhumans and X-Men and Mr. Sinister and it was all done so well. And I kind of feel like this is that kind of vein. I feel like he would have made it much more enjoyable for me. The art as well. I, I thought the art bo uh, boosts this up slightly in my eyes. Particularly, particularly when Madrox is throwing oh. body parts of himself <laughs> to feed the zombies. Oh, poor Jimmy. <laughs> it was just nuts. Such happy zombies, though. Yeah, I mean, it definitely held them off. That's the main <laughs> thing. But Jamie Prime wasn't particularly happy. He was a little bit upset that he had to feed himself to the zombies. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, there was a couple of highlights in this issue, this issue. I think, personally, I think it's probably slightly better than the the second issue. I mean, horticulture weren't a particularly part of big part of this one. They were only really used for comic relief, which I preferred. And uh, of course, Quentin Quiet is always brilliant value. When you bring him in on anything. Do we want to rate Empire X-Men out of Lockheed's? 
I'd probably give it a three out of five Lockheeds. I think I gave issue two probably. I, I gave issue two two and a half out of out of five. I think I definitely agree with you and give it a three out of five. The problem is we just have such high expectations because of the rest of Empire. The rest of Empire, but also the rest of the X Men books. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like I feel like this one was just a real fun one to write, mm-hmm. but because we've been so bogged down in where the hell is this going that kind of thing it's like to get something that's really fun and not really related to anything else going on it's been like a total what's happening sort of thing (laughs) we've been spoiled basically we have we're stuck grading (laughs) on a curve now (laughs) so next up is avengers empire 2 writer is jim zub artist carlos magno color artist espen grundinger letterer Ariana Mayer, cover Paul Renaud, editor Tom Brevoort. While Luke Cage, Dr. Nemesis, and The Vision battle Plantman in Central Park, Mockingbird, Quicksilver, and Wonder Man are caught in the middle of scree infighting in Mexico. Back in the Savage Land, the heroes are prisoners of the Katati and a possessed Shayna. Wanda projects Kazar into Shayna's mind for a little couples therapy, which seems to be working right up until he gets stabbed through the chest by a Katati. Yeah. That wasn't nice. Now, so we saw Plant Man in this one, who, who has aligned himself with the Katati. Yeah, which was a character I'd never heard of before. <laughs> and I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> There's a surprising lot of references to it. I even found a scene where like Ms. Marvel is talking to Coulson. And you know, she's just going through this bag with all this villain tech and she you know she's got this gun she's like oh my gosh this is plant man's gun <laughs> which we love deep cuts but i mean yeah. that that's like that's like you know complete straight through to the bone kind of cut oh yeah you need to look him up because his costume is ridiculous yeah i, I will do because i've never heard of ridiculous. him before this issue. <laughs> but i did like you know, this one he kind of looks like sauron and Vision kind of gives him the same, you know, Spider-Man guilt trip of, you know, you could be using your powers to help mankind. And she's like, no, I don't want no, to help I want mankind. To create, I want to make dinosaurs. <laughs> I want to turn people into plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good, that was a good one. It's not often we get to see Vision these days. I mean, he was, yeah. he was on a team. I think he was on the all new or different team. Mm-hmm. But then he kind of faded back into sort of B, C list now. No, he just kind of shows up to be Viv's dad. True, yeah, because obviously she's on uh, she's on Champions, isn't she? Yeah. So I need to I need to pick that up as well. Oh, those stories. <laughs> when are those coming out? Those should be coming out soon. Yeah, because it's uh, the Outlawed event is starting up soon. I think it's September, okay. I believe, because um, because Miss Marvel kind of ties into that. So they're they're kind of releasing it all together because obviously Miss Marvel comes back this month, oh, which goodness. is going to be great because we can review it again. Yes, we need something after Empire. <laughs> which is everything's been empire which has been it's been great in itself but yes we need something different but so looks like the scree alliance isn't quite so strong the scrolls are totally okay with betraying the kree when this is all over the 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 entire alliance just keeps like slowly shattering in every issue <laughs> that we see of this <laughs> Because I think we made the same comment from like last Empire issue, M- Empire issue four, I think it was. It was like, yeah, this this alliance seems a little bit shaky. It's yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not seeming to be handling very well. This was a little quick. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's only been four days. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> but I, I mean, the the other thing that we should mention is the fact that you called it on uh, on Shayna. Yeah. So the fact that she's tied to the Savage Land means she's also tied to the Katati. I, I thought that was really, uh, I thought that was a good call on that one. Yeah, that's that's where I thought we were going with going to go with Krakoa, but we went there with the Savage Land instead. I, I wonder if like editorial told Al Ewing, don't touch Krakoa. Yeah, just just <laughs> don't mess with it. We we don't know how to resolve that. <laughs> Do whatever you want anywhere else. Just don't touch Krakoa. <laughs> uh, and also yeah. they're killing off Avengers quite a lot. Yes, oh, they are. Bit... Yeah, because I got stabbed. Yep. We'll come to Empire in a bit, but somebody else got stabbed as well, a which wasn't bunch pleasant. bunch of stabbing. 
who knows where that's going to go? Because, I mean, Al Ewing says that the ending is going to be huge and everything we're not expecting. So wonder what's going to happen with the uh, the dead ones. Yeah. Ooh. Mostly mostly because we know that they can be raised from the dead by the Katati. Yes, and the, the, the Katati in this one were pretty creepy, trying to set up Shayna as a, another celestial Madonna and not wanting to waste their human captives. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit grim. That was that was really grim. Because it worked out so well with their Messiah. <laughs> yeah, he he turned out into a top bloke. Yeah. He's he's swell. He was a he was a he's a good guy. <laughs> I I just find it really I find it really nice that you take a, a book from like twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen or whatever it was, and you, you kind of just pull on that and it's like little threads that you've didn't think anybody would make of uh, or make something of and but Al Ewing's managed to do it or, or at least uh, Jim Zub's done it uh, whether or not that was guided kind of by Al Ewing uh, I don't know but it would be cool if it was <laughs> e- even so I mean it's it's just a it's a really nice reference because that was actually one of the first Wolverine books I got and I distinctly remember really getting into it because it, it was a cool story mm-hmm. um, I think it was written and drawn by uh, by um, uh, Frank Cho. Yep. Yeah. So this one, how would you rate it out of Lockjaws? Yeah, this one. I think I give it a three out of five too. Yeah, I, I feel like it's real middle of the road. It's kind of, it's nice to see what they're up to, but it has no real impact on the main story. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's a similar case to uh, Captain America, which we'll come mm-hmm. on to the next issue. Is a nice segue. So yeah, <laughs> Empire Captain America two, which was written by uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. The artist was Ariel Olivetti. Color artist is Rachelle Rosenberg. Letterer is Ariana Mayer. Cover is Mike Henderson and Nolan Woodward. And the design was by Carlos Lau. So in this one, Cap is on his way to the battle with the Katati in the south of the US, where he discovered from the scree that they're planning an attack on Mexico City. With a newly raised mountain, the Katati dub the Man of Earth. So describing the events to Jerkface Woodley... He gets the impression that they get will get back up from NATO, uh, with Woodley clearly being a little worse for wear, which reminds me, remember, if you have a persistent cough and a high temperature, please go and get tested. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is a totally appropriate time to mention that. <laughs> uh, but soon after, Cap and his modern howling commandos find that Bennett has suffered the same body horror fate as Woodley did in the last issue, infecting more people whilst he's at it. At the NATO headquarters, it all comes together with Woodley trying to infect the rest of the leaders, to which Cap comes in and attempts to save the day, realising the Katati are evolving are able to control more and more plant life. I think the biggest takeaway from this issue, for me, was the fact that it's it's it feels very much like the opposite of the X-Men book, because you get like a real feel that it's a part of the Empire story. It's like a snapshot of something else going on. You get it with the Avengers, but I think more so with Captain America, because you you kind of see it on different fronts. And I wonder if this is what we're missing from the cancelled books, particularly with the likes of like uh, Storm Ranger and the Union. Oh, because they were mad about Storm brand Ranger. new books. I, I am too. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty frustrated about the Union as well, because that would have bought like, obviously for me being a British person, as you might have guessed, it would have been like the fight in the UK sort of thing. And I wonder mm-hmm. if the British characters would have been really cool to see. And uh, I just, it just frustrates me we didn't see those because it would have been nice to get that snapshot of uh, of what's going on. Ag- uh, you know, Agents of Wakanda as well would have been mm-hmm. really nice to see, and you could have got the backstory of like the invasion of Wakanda and that kind of thing. Because things are pretty bad in Wakanda right now. Exactly, and it's like they they get up to you know the the vibranium mound, which we'll, yeah. we'll talk about when we get to Empire. But it's like it just seems to be all the stuff in the main title it's like but how did they get there how did they you know yeah. finally manage to get to the vibranium mound there's not a lot of that and i'm i'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get that but we just had to blame covid but i i do like that the scree are so impressed with captain america and he can get them to work together <laughs> unlike the rest of the avengers it doesn't just work on humans it works on you know it works on aliens too which is great <laughs> I, I love he that. He should be the king I, of I, space. Like... He can make everybody team up. <laughs> Captain America, king of space. <laughs> space is America now. 
that was that was yeah that was a really good uh really good part of it with the the, the scree basically going hey i could get behind this guy that would be a surprising <laughs> <He's end>. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. captain america just donning like the scree suits yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but would would he be a better leader than uh than teddy would be we'll come on to that but <laughs> But I think uh, I think what I get another thing I quite liked about this book was the fact I've never heard of uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson before. He's very very good at writing Captain America. Yes. Because in this issue, kind of Cap goes on about he talks about the fact that when there's a team effort, you he he acknowledges that team. It's kind of like he was talking about uh, when he was in Nazi Germany and he goes across a bridge, and uh, the Nazis basically covered him in like a tar-like substance and it was his teammates that got him out of that and it's kind of like the the the, the you know the modern howling commandos mm-hmm. saw that and they were kind of like wow actually that's quite impressive and I, I don't think you get enough of that i feel like cap has become very much a token avenger where actually a lot of his a lot of the stuff that he's done this cool stuff he's done is from world war ii mm-hmm. so yeah i i, I I really enjoyed that. I thought that this the guy that wrote this is is very good at doing that. Really well done. I'm, I think the only thing that I've seen that he's actually written for Marvel is Zombie uh, Marvel Zombies Resurrection. Mm-hmm. I haven't read that. I have to go and pick that one up. <laughs> Neither have I. I've never never been hugely interested in Marvel Zombies. <laughs> maybe that's another reason why I didn't particularly like X Men. <laughs> you know, maybe that's true because I don't like zombies. They're gross. They're unsanitary. <laughs> I hate zombie As movies. They're it. just gross. I think the only, the only zombie the movie John I like okay. is John of the Dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much more of a comedy than it is a, a zombie movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of, I, I think the zombie stuff is is just a bit, you know, it's not my thing. But this this was actually, so I've really enjoyed uh, Tenacy Coates. I pre- uh, that may not be how you pronounce his name and I apologize if it's not but his Captain America has been very good um, but previous to that I've never really been into Captain America as a as a as a character but this one kind of is it's doing a lot for me I really enjoyed it the, the other thing I wanted to mention which is the uh, you know the most important thing is the fact that they talk about Mexico City and it's a real shame that we don't didn't get any more issues of Savage Avengers <laughs> But how could you top the one, Adam? Where, where can you go after Conan well, driving a combine harvester? They they came in with you know pretty much ten out of ten exemplary storytelling, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they cannot they cannot top that. I, I completely agree. But it would have been just such a, a nice thing, and I kind of I, I I'm thinking maybe they'll do it in issue three of Captain America, where he, he meets up with Venom and Conan. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Captain America team up with Conan the Barbarian. It, it, it would be something. It would be something. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was, but yeah, genuinely, I was very impressed in this uh, with this issue, and uh, I thought the art was really good. But then Ariel Olivetti is also very good, uh, very good artist, and Rochelle Rosenberg is a really great colorist. Yeah, and he's he's very and, good uh, at the again, body horror stuff. Yeah, I think he's very good at like uh, like human faces and just human people. He's got that down. I think the only <laughs> little people. gripe, if I have a gripe, were hu- human people as opposed to the alien people. <laughs> Mind you, the Korean the scrolls just look like people anyway, so ignore me. <laughs> but if there's if there's one gripe I had, I think it was just the color of Cap suit. It's really really bright blue. It was almost like baby blue. And uh, I, that again, it's probably a personal thing. I think it's too much MCU cap, uh, where MCU cap is very, very dark, navy blue almost. Mm-hmm. How would you rate it? I would give it four out of five. Lock jaws. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement on that one. Uh, four out of five, easily. It was, it was a very good book. Yeah, I think with the the gripes that I have are so tiny that they just don't bring it down any any <laughs> more than that. No, it's great. Looking forward to it. I think issue three is the final issue of that one. Whether or not it's originally stated to be a four issue or, or whether it's always been a three issue, I don't know. But definitely worthwhile getting if you're interested. Last but not least. Empire number five. Empire. Our writers are Al Ewing and Dan Slott. Script by Al Ewing. Artist Valerio Shidi. 
Color artist Marte Gracia, letterer Joe Caramagna, cover by Jim Chung and Guru EFX. The graphic designer is Carlos Lau and editor Tom Brevoort. Everything comes to a head in the penultimate issue of Empire. As She-Hulk's Katati-possessed corpse battles the thing on the moon, Koi and the swordsmen arrive in Wakanda, and Dork the Eighth is revealed to be an imposter. The Death Blossom is planted on Earth and the pyre is activated, leaving our heroes only nine minutes to save the solar system. I was so happy to see Reed's stretchy Iron Man suit. <laughs> I mean, we spoke about it in the last episode and I was kind of like, I really want to see Reed in Iron Man suit. And it, you got I, your I called wish. it, I called it, guys. <laughs> so cool. Um, what a suit it is. Yes. And, and I think we, uh, I think we're going to talk about the fact that they did all the concept art in the back as well. And that was all available to see. It was just so nicely done. You can see it the all stretched it's stretchy. out. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy about that. And I kind of I just can't wait for the next issue where they've got nine minutes for Reed to put on this suit and save the planet. It's gonna be so good. Nine minutes to stop the pyre and was it ten minutes to stop the Katati? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which which one's uh which one's gonna happen first, do you reckon? It's gonna be like an episode of twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> just a countdown i kind of i kind of hope they do that <laughs> is that a terrible thing to ask is literally just put the countdown down the side you know, nine minutes 36 seconds nine minutes 28 seconds I, I will tell you my favorite thing from this one the thing's speech to the katati she hulk that, that killed me adorable and i cried i did he loves his kids and it was the fact that he even like he even like said, you know, I've not known these kids for like more than however long it's been, yeah. but they they've made that much of an impression on him that he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I need to get out of this to be able to help them out and give them a future. He's such a good guy. He he really is, and we again we mentioned this last week as well. He's just the most wholesome character, and, uh, and... the fact that he started bleeding quite uh, quite oh. badly because of. She-Hulk, mm-hmm. Katai She-Hulk, beating him up. Never seen that before done in uh, in you know in recent comic books. Yeah, that's that's up there with him. People breaking pieces off of him, which I don't like. No, it's it's just oh. a bit. Everybody should be nice to him. Yeah, <laughs> because he is the nicest character. <laughs> He's the best one of the Fantastic Four. Easily the best one. He's the only one at the Fantastic Four I feel like doesn't have their, like, uh, you know, negative quirks, if Uh that makes sense. Like, Reed is um, super smart, but he's also just not able to see the, you know, see things that actually matter. He's always on based on fact and brain and all that sort of stuff. And Human Torch has kind of that vanity about him. And then Sue Storm... Still can be dark occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, in in the in the Empire books up to now, she's kind of done a little bit of like sneaky stuff, and uh, we know that she can be a spy. We know that she can do all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, Ben has she, always she's been... the member of the Fantastic Four most likely to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's true, isn't it? I mean. I, I I will mention now that actually her um, the Invisible Woman book by Mark Wade is a really good read. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to get a bit more information on Sue Storm as like a you know basically an agent of Shield sort of style book, that one is the one to get. But yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is uh, is just so wholesome. He's always looking for the good in people, and he just cares so much for these kids. I I can't wait for when he meets back up with Alicia and he's like, can we keep them? They followed me home. <laughs> and Alicia's like, of course we can. Of course we can. Cause they're already attached to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although we still have the, um, we still have that kind of uh, reunion and how does uh, Nakala know who Alicia is? We still all have all that to kind of get revealed and stuff. So th- that story still got to play out, which is going to be really great. Yeah, there's going to be an um, aftermath issue with the fantastic four. So hopefully going into antithesis, it's going to be Ben, Alicia, Joven, and Nakala. That'd be so good. Oh, they are on the cover of the um, aftermath issue. Should I 
believe the cover is by Alan Davis, which I was very excited about. Yeah, and he's also doing a cover for uh, Antithesis, I believe, which is going to be cool. It's going to be all kinds of neat covers for Antithesis. We also get the... Um, <laughs> oh, the Black Bolt and Medusa, Black Bolt and Medusa. by Alex Ross. Yeah. That's going to be... I need to find copies of that, I think. I, I don't usually dip my toe into uh, variant editions and variant copies uh, at the moment, but those I'm going to make an exception oh, Those are for worth cause... it. And Neil Adams is drawing it. I mean, this is going to be spectacular. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to that. I really look forward to all the Fantastic Four stuff because I really do think that Dan Slott has gone back into his, his stride on Fantastic Four. Mm. Not that anything has been particularly bad, but I think uh, I, I think he kind of he was just writing too much in the middle because he was doing like the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, and then he had to do Iron Man 2020. And, and yeah, I can imagine his workload is quite heavy. Mm. But uh, yeah, really look forward to that. Go and catch up on his previous Fantastic Four stuff. It's just it's very, very good. Do you want to talk about how te- Teddy and Wiccan? Let's talk got about Teddy and there? Wiccan. They are so cute. It was, it was again. It was one of those really wholesome moments in this, yes. in this book. Getting all <laughs> goofy again, over his the, husband, was... and everybody's embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it was Johnny's comment about yeah, haven't you seen it in the eyes? And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I mean. It was just the fact that we, we, we kind of said, yeah, it's going to be within the hour that they had together. Of yeah. course it was. They, course. they went to like Vegas to get married, you know, one of those drive through chapels or whatever. But it helps when it your friends really can teleport and are speedsters, you know. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Scarlet Witch did not get invited. Oh, man. Mostly because she's in, uh, in, in Mexico fighting, yeah. fighting Katati, obviously. <laughs> she she could have found a but minute was, for her son. She could have done. I mean, she's a she's got like hex magic, so maybe she yeah. she knows something that could have been like time stopping. <laughs> Take <laughs> some inspiration from Reed, Reed Richards there. Reed needs to just make multiple of those and hand them out as wedding presents. Or he becomes a wedding planner. That's right. <laughs> hey, he needs to get ordained and- so he can pr- just perform the ceremony and bring it with him. So Reed and Sue's <laughs> wedding planning services, bit of a dramatic change. But then we've already got replacement Fantastic Four members, so it's fine. Right. You know, you've got Franklin and uh, and Valeria, they yeah. can take their places. Great. Ben yeah. and uh, Ben and Johnny can stay on the team. Great. Sorted. There you go. But, but it is sweet. <laughs> Being married gives Teddy and Wiccan a special magical bond. Oh, Aww. that is cute. So cute. It's just the fact that he could Wiccan can teleport wherever Teddy is mm-hmm. because of this bond, and it was like, ah, oh, this is oh. too cute. <laughs> Although there was a little little nod to the man in the iron mask. There was apparently suggesting when they they go and rescue Teddy, he's got an iron mask on, and that's ex- first place my mind went. And, so uh, I have to admit, I didn't I didn't know who the man in the iron mask was. So. Do you want to take the listeners on a bit of a a bit of a history lesson there? Oh yeah, after seeing that, I did a little digging because I remembered the man in the iron mask and it turns out this was a real person. King Louis XIV of France had a mysterious prisoner in the late 1600s. And nobody knows who they were. Whoever this person was, the king personally paid for their upkeep. They were kept in a special cell with like an airlock so that no one could hear the discussions between the prisoner and their jailer because that was the only person allowed in into the cell with them and they were made to wear a mask maybe not an iron mask there are some stories where it was like a black velvet mask but no one could see the face of this prisoner and there are all kinds of rumors going around about who it could be because the king said you know this the jailer can see him once a day and ask him what he needs, but he doesn't need much because he's just a valet. So was he a valet that knew too much? There were rumors that it could have been his twin brother, which would have been really hard to hide. There were rumors that he could have been an illegitimate brother and he was keeping him locked up just in case he ever tried to make a claim to the throne. Yep. I think you found another rumor, Adam. Adam. Yeah, so there was the other one that he was um, like a, an illegitimate heir from Charles II in yeah. the UK. 
Um, I mean, this was just taken from the Wikipedia page, to be honest with you, but that would have been interesting because he was a, you know, the suggestion was that it was a, a Catholic heir to the throne when uh, Charles II was a Protestant, which would have caused all sorts of terrible things in this country. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting when you when you read into it, it's yeah. a really interesting kind of uh, story. Uh, and the fact that nobody still nobody knows who it was. Yeah, there are records, though. There are records of how the jailer was funneling the funds away to himself. <laughs> oh, good old bit of uh, bit of fraud there. It was good. true, but it's it's fun when you go and look and go. Okay, well, there's an imposter on the throne, and they put an iron mask on Teddy and threw him in a cell, hoping everybody would forget about him. <laughs> even though he is quite distinctive looking, even with a mask on. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing. I, I liked the nod to the man in the iron mask there, but it was kind of like, yeah, I mean, this this probably wouldn't work unless it's some kind of like power nullifier thing or something. I think it was supposed to be but, a power nullifier, but you can still tell it's Teddy. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was a nice nod if that is the case to, you know, to the man in the iron mask. But I mean, enough of like uh, enough of Teddy and, and the Fantastic Four. Poor T'Challa. Oh, that that was a shock. I was I was um, I was quite surprised because usually death in comics mm. or supposed death in comics. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way. Supposed death in comics is isn't usually particularly shocking because we know that it doesn't last. But actually, T'Challa getting yeah. stabbed was quite shocking for me because like, he's not the kind of character you'd expect to be stabbed in the back by. Stabbed straight in the front by the swordsman. That was not nice. No, he's a jerk. Massive jerk. Do you, do you think T'Challa's really dead, though? I'm going to say no. Because he's on the cover of the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bit of a giveaway, then. Still, it was rude. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was just the fact that he was like turning around to, to do whatever else. It's just like, straight in the, straight in the chest. I I, uh, I I have enjoyed Empire so much and the fact that it can still give you a little bit of shock value, even though it is comics and it's kind of like, he's probably not going to stay dead. It was it was really good. Um, I imagine something to do with his suit is going to keep him alive or or something like that. Sure, he wouldn't let it happen. Yeah. Uh, There's oh, only one more issue after this. Only, well, how is he going to tie all this up in one issue? Is it an extra long issue? I don't know. I mean, I have to check, yeah. but... I don't understand how he can get it done all, all in uh, in twenty four pages because that's just just mad. <laughs> There's so much setup, and I, I feel like it almost goes. It's very similar to how Agents of Shield does all their setup yeah. because, it, particularly for this season, it was all done across thirteen issues up to this point, and then the last two issues was just full of so much stuff tying off those loose ends. And uh, I feel like this is going to be very much the same kind of thing. I guess one last thing is, uh, are we going to assume that it is definitely Teddy's grandma? That's what I think. We don't have a lot of time to make it any more complicated than it already is. No, exactly. I mean, you've got all the stuff to tie up with the pyre and all that kind of stuff and read in his stretchy Iron Man suit. But I I think that it's, I kind of hope that it's all just going to fall apart in the next issue, like the Kree-Skrull Alliance. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Genuinely looking forward to the next uh, next issue of this book, which unfortunately isn't out this week. It's out uh, it's out Aww. next week. So this yeah. uh, this episode will go out on a Wednesday, and uh, it'll be the following Wednesday that Empire Fight uh, Empire Six comes out. But we get the Swordsman issue next next week or this coming week. We do, and we also get the uh, final issue of X Men, uh, the Empire X Men tie in. Okay. Uh, I think there's another one coming out next week as well. But this this event has been such a blast. It's been so good. So good. Al is the right person to have Cosmic Marvel. Yes, definitely. And uh, I'm really looking forward to just diving back into comics again. Um, I think after C2E2, when you know the entire world started going to shit, it was kind of comic books kind of just fell by the wayside mm-hmm. for me. So I'm really glad that this has kind of just reinvigorated everything for me. Um, it's been really great to review everything as well because... Uh, yeah, it's all been so fun. It's all been genuinely really good reads, even if it hasn't been directly uh, related to Empire. <laughs> cough, X Men, cough. <laughs> but how would you how would you rate this issue then? This one's a five out of five for me. Yeah, 
Yeah, five out of five. Me too. You make um, me cry. You're pretty much going to get a five it? out of five. <laughs> Just punch in the gut. Five oh. out of five. <laughs> yeah. No, this was is genuinely really good. I don't know where Al Ewing is going to take it from this point. I do like the fact that I, it feels like Dan Slott is writing the thing and writing the rest of the mm. Fantastic Four and Iron Man. Um, but they're both doing a spectacular job on this book. Cannot wait for the next one. Now we've come to the end of the comic book reviews. Should we do reading recommendations? Have you read anything in the past week that you want to share? Oh, let's see. Speaking of plants that want to take over the planet, I finished Authority, the second Southern Reach, second book in the Southern Reach trilogy by Jeff Vandermeer. Which was so that's the one that started with uh, Annihilation, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and this one's more of a slow build, but oh my god, when stuff starts getting weird. It gets weird. <laughs> it, yeah, that's another, definitely a another series I think I'm going to go and buy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go and buy that one. So I'm taking a break from Southern Reach before I go to the last book because my copy of Harrow of the Ninth showed up this week, which is the second book in the Locked Tomb trilogy by Tamsin Muir. The first book is Gideon the Ninth, which is fantastic. The second one, about halfway through right now, it's gruesome. If you like gross stuff, this is for you. If you like Dune, if you like Warhammer 40k, you will like this book. Which is a weird thing, a weird comparison. When I started getting into like it there's a lot of like Warhammer 40k stuff in this. Yeah. Yeah, so as somebody who spent most of my teen years <clears throat> playing that game, uh, Warhammer 40k, so it, it, it's a fun tabletop game. Um I did buy some 40k miniatures to paint up prior to uh, to my Marvel Crisis Protocol models. I'm I might give that one a go because it's very grim dark, it's very kind of, you know, sci-fi-esque it's, but also kind of like almost steampunk as well. It's it's like a weird mix of It's magic and science and space and the characters are fantastic. I think I think I've already got a book order sorted for uh for the end of the month. <laughs> All of the books you just mentioned. Yeah, I think for me, again, uh, so the last three weeks I've spent most of my Saturdays uh, going to see the Back to the Future trilogy in cinemas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a bit, of, a bit of a shout out to uh, to the Westway Cinema in, in Froome in uh, Somerset in the UK because they've been putting on loads of classic movies and the Back to the Future one is one of my favourite series of all time. As I keep saying... And uh, to be able to still sell their tickets are like £4.50, so I don't know what that is in the US, it's like 6 or $7 or something, was genuinely really good. It's uh, It's been a really good few weeks, and I think I'm going to be re- continuing reading the Back to the Future comic books that came out a few years ago. So as always, if you want to uh, get in contact, give us some suggestions, uh, things to read, things to review, that kind of stuff, uh, general comments on the show and questions, which you may get put into a hat to win some swag. Uh, please do get into contact with us. Our Twitter is at AtalanRising1. And our email address is the show at AtalanRising.com. Uh, all of that is in the description of the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next episode.